Hi, my name is David Elstein. This is the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery podcast. Each episode is designed to help busy orthopedic surgeons learn more about the ABUSM board certification. This episode, we have two special guests. First is Dr. Lisa Tatesman, Chair of the ABUS Graduate Medical Education Committee and a trauma surgeon in Washington State. Second is Dr. Mary Klingensmith, Associate Chief of Accreditation at the Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education, the ACGME. She's a surgeon and was previously on the board of directors of the American Board of Surgery. Dr. Tatesman and Dr. Klingensmith will talk about a new partnership between the ABUS and the ACGME. Hi, Dr. Tatesman, Dr. Klingensmith. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's start with the basics. Can each of you describe your organization and what its mission is? Let's start with Dr. Klingensmith. Sure. Um, so the ACGME um, was established in 1981, and, and at that time it was taking over another um, set of organizations, including the AMA, that at that time and up to that point was in charge of monitoring the educational standards for graduate medical education. Um, and the ACGME now is a single accreditor for all graduate medical education um, programs in the United States and in some countries around the world. Um, and our structures consider both the institutions in which training occurs, as well as the specialty or subspecialty program that deliver and support that training education. We currently accredit 881 so-called sponsoring institutions, and it constitutes 182 specialties and subspecialties with just over 13,000 residency or fellowship programs. And just over 200 of those are in orthopedic surgery. If you look at all of those programs and their trainees, that um, actually equals about 158,000 residents and fellows. And an interesting little factoid is that currently about one in every seven positions in the United States is either a resident or fellow in one of our accredited training programs. With that, I'll just say that our mission um, with all of that responsibility is to improve healthcare and population health by assessing and enhancing the quality of resident and fellow education through advancements in accreditation and education. And I'll be happy to talk some more about how all that relates to this project we're talking about today as we as we get further in our conversation. Excellent. So uh, Dr. Tatesman, the you know, same question for you. Can you explain what the ABOS is and what its mission is? So the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery uh, is in existence to certify individuals while the ACGME is about crediting programs. So we really work in partnership. It's a volunteer organization over 90 years old. And the mission, and I'll just read it, is to ensure safe, ethical, and effective practice of orthopedic surgery. The ABOS maintains the highest standards for education, practice, and conduct through examination, certification, and maintenance of certification for the benefit of the public. So like the ACGME, our, our mission is really to focus on orthopedics, orthopedic surgeons, and the protection of the public. Excellent. I'll, I'll continue with you, Dr. Tatesman. We're going to talk about the um, ABUS Knowledge, Skills, Behavior Program. We call it an you know, ABUS KSB program. Can you explain you know, what that is and how that program fits in with the ABUS mission? Sure. Historically, uh, the ABUS has set standards for education and these standards have really been time-based in terms of rotation and exposure, such as there's a 23-week uh, requirement for pediatric orthopedics or 46 weeks in adult orthopedics. And it's really been based on time and some very 
a large topic for content. As the norm in graduate medical education is shifting uh, more towards a hybrid model, looking at time-based as well as competency-based assessments, the ABOS thought it was time to focus in that direction. So we um, identified the what we thought to be three essential components for a competent resident being orthopedic knowledge, surgical skills, and professional behavior. If a resident can demonstrate proficiency in each of these areas, they should be ready for independent practice. So thus the development of our KSB knowledge, skills, and behavior program. So in this program, we look at the three, the three aspects, one being orthopedic knowledge. There already is an existing in-training examination sponsored by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery. And this has been in practice for decades, been used to assess resident and resident performance. But over the last three years, we have had a linking project working with the psychometricians to come up with a score that loosely correlates with what would be a passing score on the part one certifying examination for the board. In addition, the ABOS developed two additional validated tools, assessment tools, one being for surgical skills and the other being for professional behaviors. The surgical skills is a brief, it's about 11 questions that talk about the steps of an operation from patient assessment, preoperative planning, technical execution, things like that. And when a resident does a case with a faculty member, the resident at the end of the case can then send this assessment to the faculty member for immediate feedback on the case they just performed. There also is a place for comments. That's the surgical skills one. We also felt professional behavior is critical. So there's a very short five question tool that can be um, given to faculty member at the end of the rotation, again, resident driven to look at various aspects, things like ethics, communication, but five questions, as well as an area for comments. This is also triggered by the resident. We felt this is adult education and residents need to be responsible and actively participate in their feedback process. So the other part of the professional behavior assessment is a 360 assessment, which uses the same professional behavior tool, which is the five questions regarding professional behaviors, such as ethics and communication. And that is sent on an annual basis to many people that are exposed to and work with residents, including co-residents and fellows, as well as staff and nurses and coordinators and other physicians within the healthcare system. Well, thank you for that. Um, for Dr. Klingensmith, you know, let's talk about case logs. For people unfamiliar, you can explain what case logs are, you know, what's the value and how they're going to be used going forward. Yeah, sure. So um, the ACGME case logs have been in existence for, oh gosh, uh, more than 20 years. And, and these are a way for the ACGME to have a window into the clinical material available for training of procedural specialists like orthopedic surgeons. The case log is something that is entered by the resident themselves. An individual resident would access the, the case log. Um, it's a web-based application. And the expectation is that residents log all of their operative procedures in our case log. 
that material then is looked at on a program level. So individual residents enter them, but we look at them generally on a program level. And that's used in an accreditation decision, which is rendered on every single training program every year, a a decision about its accreditation status is rendered. And in the case of case logs, we're looking to make sure that given the number of residents in that training program and given the minimum requirements that have been set by experts in the field for the numbers of certain procedures that need to be completed each year, that there's adequacy of clinical material to support a residency training program. So that's sort of how the case logs are used by us, ACGME, in those accreditation decisions. And for a a resident, they will enter this information, but upon finishing the program and either presenting to fellowship for application or even after fellowship looking for a job, the case law can serve as a portfolio of experience And that can be super useful when applying for uh, privileges and credentialing at an individual clinical site when you're, um, uh, you know, looking for uh, your first job, say, as an independent uh, orthopedic surgeon. So there's value on both sides. We do have an expectation that the information is again, entered by the residents themselves. We need that information to be as accurate as possible. And with regard to where we hope to go in the future with case logs, I will say um, two directions. One is figuring out ways to improve the accuracy and the relevance of the information. And, And that is partly how we got to this ABOS collaboration. And the second is to expand the use of the case log beyond the surgical specialties. And there's actually a fair amount of interest, um, you may be somewhat surprised to learn, in the non-surgical specialties. Um, A lot of, say, family medicine, uh, even internal medicine are, are looking to use the case log as a way to Uh, again, understand better what the clinical environment is for learning in an individual specialty. And so if we were having, say, internal medicine residents enter the number of heart failure patients they cared for, just in the same way that you might enter uh, the number of total uh, hip replacements you've done on the accreditation side, we can get a sense for what the learning material is available in that program but then that resident can have a portfolio moving forward of their clinical experience. Great. I think that's a you know good segue, Dr. Clayton Smith. You know, can you describe this new partnership with the ACGME, the ABUS, how it came about and why you think these are two groups are uniquely situated to work on this together? Yeah, um, I, I will tell you that uh, the way it came about was because there were some super innovative thinkers at the ABOS who approached ACGME with this idea of the KSB program, um, their hope was that they would partner with us such that when residents are entering cases into the KSB app, uh, that actually when the collaboration first began, the app had not been fully developed, but the, the hope was that the residents could have an efficiency where the information they would be entering to participate in the KSB program, the particulars of that case would meet requirements 
to just basically flow right into our case log so that the resident wouldn't have to do a duplicate entry, say once into the KSB app to participate in that assessment program, and then separately into our case log. So we were super excited to do this uh, for a couple of reasons. One is, as I mentioned a moment ago, we're always interested in making sure we have the most you know, accurate uh, information entered into the case log. So the fact that there would not need to be any sort of double entering um, would not only, of course, improve efficiency, but we also hope improve accuracy of the information. And also because we um, are in the throes of a so-called digital transformation here at ACGME, where we're moving all of our accreditation infrastructure, data infrastructure, that is, uh, to the cloud. And so finding an external partner that we could work with as part of this digital transformation and put our case logs into a, a case, uh, a cloud-based application with essentially a proof of concept with a collaboration with an external partner was really important to us because we're hoping that in the future, there might be a way for us to collaborate with other data sources to improve our um, accuracy of our data. And, and I mentioned a few moments ago um, that all of our case logs currently are manually you know, entered by individual resident. The resident has to remember to enter that case log or, or honestly, if they don't you know, enter that case log from say a case they did today, it's as if it didn't really exist with regard to our, our case log system. If we, um, can realize the dream that many of us at ACGME have will actually have other external collaborators such as electronic health record uh, companies where we could maybe um, sort of pull information in from the actual clinical sites and understand better what sorts of cases are happening on a daily basis. And we could really use the case log for things just like this KSB program, where it's an opportunity for a resident to receive an assessment of their um, you know, abilities and be one of these many formative pieces of feedback that the resident use in their, uses in their journey to becoming practice ready in their field. Excellent. So Dr. Tatesman, I'm going to ask a similar question to you. So why did the ABUS decide to partner with the ACGME? Was even, uh, has answered uh, even half of what, what I would say uh, to this. It was just a really nice uh, time. I think Sometimes life is about timing. The ABOS has this KSB program, which really hinges the surgical skills part on a case log system. And as Dr. Klingis was mentioned, when we first rolled out to some pilot programs with this, uh, residents needed to double enter. They needed to enter into our system and to the traditional ACGME case log system. This now gives an opportunity with this collaboration for the residents to enter their cases, uh, have an opportunity of web-based as well as an app, and also to take it the next step and ask for a surgical skills assessment. So part of it was the program that we were interested in moving forward with, um, the opportunity, the timing, um, the willingness of the uh, ACGME to work with us together to look into the, um, the feasibility and the opportunity uh, here, because I think we all realize that there is a burden with duplication. There's a burden on the residents needing to double enter in many different systems um, of program directors and needing to be on top of the residents to do this. We hope that the collaboration will be a win-win in um, limiting the duplication, um, bettering the information available to both groups, 
making it easier for programs and program directors. A lot of us at ABOS and I can even speak for the, the RRC, the ACGME, are program directors or former program directors, and we're all former residents, and we are very, very cognizant of um, all the administrative tasks that we all have to do and really did want to minimize that. I, I do think it's important to also um, bring up the fact this isn't the first collaboration. The ABOS uh, has worked with the Orthopedic RRC, the ACGME, on other projects over the years and have had wonderful collaborative experiences. I just bring that up to say that this is just a, an addition um, to these uh, collaborations like the PGY1, the first year uh, requirements and the surgical skills requirements in orthopedics that in, in the past decade is another project where um, the two groups have really worked successfully together as we truly have very similar end goals. Great. And I know, you know, since this was publicly announced, what, less than two months ago, got a lot of interest from program directors, residency programs. Um, when, Dr. Tatesman, will all programs be able to participate with the new, you know, the combined app with the ABOS and the ACGME? Sometime within this academic year, all programs will be able to participate. About half the programs uh, are already on our first iteration of the, the KSB app, but we hope that um, it, in the next uh, months to year, we will really be able to move everybody over to the new platform. We at ABOS will start reaching out when that is available, but we definitely want it in place sooner rather than later. We're just finalizing some of the last little tweaks, uh, and then we can move forward as in terms of our KSB requirement that will be starting with the academic year, July uh, of 25, 26. So we uh, definitely want to be all on board well before then. Dr. Clinton-Smith, we'll go back to you. So I've hinted on it before. So you see other opportunities for collaboration with the ACGME and the orthopedic community as a result of this initiative? Yeah, you know, it's exciting to us as KSB rolls out to um, see what other innovative things that the ABOS might come up with to improve uh, the KSB process. Um, so whether it's this specific project, ACGME will be you know, eager to, to see what we can do to sort of help um, this concept move forward. As Dr. Tatesman said earlier, you know, we're at an exciting time in, in graduate medical education uh, with this sort of move away from just purely counting cases to instead actually using the assessment that a resident might get on how they did on a certain case to move towards a competency-based uh, training paradigm. And, you know, I, I think it's possible that we would see um, the need for things like uh, different ways to process the data or present the data to uh, residents and their faculty to improve the feedback, to improve the you know, formation of a, a resident into an independent and practice-ready uh, surgeon. So I can't say that I have specific um, ideas in mind of what might be needed in the future. I just know that that I and many of us at ACGME are really excited about this project in particular because we do feel that moving to competency-based medical education is really needed across all of graduate medical education. And there's some really unique and, and innovative things that this particular collaboration 
allows us to do. And we're, we're hopeful to, to see this be a great success and that that success will spill over and, and motivate and inspire other surgical specialties and um, even non-procedural specialties sort of get engaged in um, seeing the value to a competency-based uh, education paradigm. Great. And Dr. Tatesman, you know, sort of as a follow-up with what Dr. Clayton Smith was saying about the future of graduate medical education, what do you see as the change of the next five or 10 years with GME for orthopedic surgery? I do think that we're in this time where we are shifting from that pure time-based case counting model, as Dr. Klingen Smith um, mentioned, towards adding on competency-based assessments um, and finding these validating tools and truly incorporating these tools in a in a strategic manner. And I think this is true for all medical specialties, not just orthopedic surgery. Uh, residents keep asking uh, for more feedback. This is an opportunity. We uh, will plan to continue to make enhancements in our ABOSKSB program. Uh, other things we have uh, talked about, including our um, evaluations for the non-operative aspects. And I think we will probably see these introduced in the next uh, several years. And uh, in short, this is going to be a requirement for those who choose to sit for the part one examination in 2026 uh, with participation. We've had a lot of input and feedback from program directors, those involved with the Council of Orthopedic Residency Directors, as well as others and residents in the development, validation, implementation of this program. Um, and I believe over the next five to 10 years, it's going to be this continued collaboration with CORD, with the Orthopedic RRC and the ACGME, uh, the Academy and our other orthopedic partners and leaders as we move forward with this competency-based assessment and continued curricular development. Thank you, Dr. Tatesman, Dr. Clayton Smith, for your time. For more information about the ABUS, go to www.abus.org. For more information about the ACGME, go to acgme.org. If you enjoyed this episode of the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you know the next episode is posted. Mm-hmm.